Estate Talk Podcast, Season 2, with Robert Kyleman and Joshua Britt. That's correct. Featuring topics about real estate nobody is talking about. Get your expertise on it. The Real Estate Talk Podcast starts now. All right, Real Estate Talk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. About to talk about something that's very interesting, and that's the housing shortage here in the U.S. Stay tuned for more. We are in a housing shortage. Somewhere around, what is it, 7 million homes that we're short? That's about right. Yeah, I mean, some sources talk about a little less or a little bit more, but 7 million is an, is an alarming rate. This is affecting a lot of communities out there, primarily in the affordable housing section. This, this is going to get worse. We've got higher interest rates than ever before. Well, not since the 80s, rather, but pretty dang high interest rates. We also have something happening at the border. So regardless of what your political affiliation is, migrants that are coming across the border also need some place to live. And uh, here's the problem. They're not going after the luxury listings. They're usually going to go after something like a rental. And they're going to come into communities where it's going to be a low cost of living area, perpetuating the housing shortage possibly worse, especially those most vulnerable. Well, we're going to get into that and discuss more, so stay tuned. But before we do that, let's go around the table for some introduction. I'm Rob Kyleman. I'm Joshua Britt. Real estate agents and investors in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And also we are joined by Julius Hayes. Sir. And Mr. Kareem Purchase. That's right. They are independent contractors and home builders. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for the invite. I appreciate Absolutely. you having us on today, man. Oh, my Absolutely. pleasure. Our pleasure. Yes. All right. So we're going to go ahead and dive into it. So, right now, what are the main factors contributing to America's current housing short crisis? I'll say crisis because it's at that level. It's a crisis. Let's, and not, let's not sugarcoat it. How can new construction uh, help address some of these issues? Um, yeah. Well, um, I think uh, primarily one of the things that we see, uh, especially here locally, is that um, uh, the cost of land has gone up quite a bit because of this uh, housing shortage. uh, People that have property know that their property is more valuable right now, right? Because guys like us want to buy it and we want to build new houses on it. So um, the cost of these uh, properties have gone up tremendously. Um, And then the competition, uh, you have larger development companies who are going to come in and, you know, take up this three or four acre piece of land and build hundred houses. And so, um, the competition has gotten fierce, right? Um, so, uh, these are some of the things that contributed to the housing shortage because we kind of get bottlenecked in, in, uh, right. you know, trying to, trying to attain these properties and build houses. But, um, uh, you know, we, we see some, some bright spots where, uh, you know, although, uh, there is this high comp- competitive nature to purchase these properties, it eventually gets purchased and people build houses on them and we move the thing, we move this whole thing forward, right? But um, as of right now, uh, I, I think that uh, one of the things that will help, and you know, we talked about this earlier, is um, 
uh, possible incentives incentives through uh, government programs or the municipalities and local municipalities and local government, you know, to try to help push this process along, you know. So um, there are some uh, tools in place for this, but I think uh, it gets held down in a lot of red tape, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we're discussing a lot of these things internally and talking to our local municipalities about better ways to move this thing forward. So, yeah. yeah, so back on January 10th, uh, actually February 10th, uh, a few days ago, uh, Rain MLS, which is the MLS we operate underneath, they released their, their data and statistics for January's market report. And new construction was up over 9%. And it was really the only thing that was a bright spot in that report. Um, so it seems like more and more buyers are just going directly to new construction. Because, you know, they see some of the other properties that are out there and they look at the cost of what it might take for them to fix it up. So we kind of, you know, how I see it is, is, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, if there's a housing shortage, why don't we just build more houses? It seems like the easy answer to this right. cre- to this yeah. problem, right? right. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, from your perspective, like, what are the biggest obstacles that hold you all back from doing and, and building more houses? Um, I think one obstacle definitely is the permit process. Like, um, it takes so much longer, it seems, in, after, as the years have come, gone on. Like, um, the process itself was just a month or two. Sometimes now in certain cities, um, I've got a few projects that's, taken me i'm still haven't started one right in particular in mind i'm a year and a half in trying to get that permit pulled and i'm still working on it so um just the 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 difficulty it is as far as in the cities trying to get in certain cities not all of them you know some are pretty a little bit easier than others obviously but um that that holds us up that makes it the whole process take so much longer than then it makes it we wonder like should we build this house these houses, these smaller houses or these bigger houses, being, being that the time is going to take so much longer, it's not, it's just, it just makes it much more difficult for us to try to be in that affordable range or that range where we can get it, get these houses out quicker. You know, it, make, it just makes that process that much longer with the permit process in the cities these days. And all the red tape, like Julius was saying, it seems like we get in so many different ways and so many different, it's not even just one department, it's so many different and it's ways that we get, you know, it might be one zoning right beside planning and they won't talk to each other. Like, I got to send it to him, then he has to get it, look at it, send it to this mm-hmm. guy for review. Then he just, you know, you might have four or five different people look at something four times before you get an approval. So those things really slow us down and make this whole process where it doesn't seem like a lot to people listening, but, or, you know, you're thinking about like something that might've took us two months and then three months to build turning into two years. So then we look at all, every project like that. Now, every time we go to look at a piece of land, you look at this one, that one, that one, which one makes the most sense. It it makes us do a lot more thought into what we're going to touch and how we're going to do it versus back in the days when we would just build, you know, you could pick a lot up and you knew you're going to, Build yeah. it, put it out there, sell it. Some houses were sold before you even put them on the market. You know, so why why does it take so long in this? Is it uh, have you guys noticed? Because you guys have been doing this for a while. Have have you noticed? Uh, has it gotten longer the process as time has gone on? Have you guys noticed like a difference I, I between like 
pre-pandemic or versus now? Well, you hit the you yeah. said the right word. The pandemic uh, changed a lot, right? Just say, for instance, uh, one of our local municipalities. I won't say which one. I don't want to get in trouble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but they um um they work from home, right? <laughs> so so when you apply for a building permit, and I'll just take you through it real quick. You apply for your building permit. You submit mm-hmm. all your documents and everything, nicely neat little package. And, you know, you got uh, a plans reviewer or uh, a zoning official, you know, kind of at home watching television, taking the dog out for a walk and, you know, may get to your stuff at some point, you know. So it's made it a lot different because now you can't just go down and jump up on jump up and down on somebody's desk like, hey, what's taking so long with my stuff, you know. And so um, it's like nobody manning the desk. Yeah, somewhere. nobody manning the desk. Exactly. That's that's exactly what part of the problem is. You know, it's not so much. Um, you know, we talked about this before. It's not so much like lead times and things like that anymore. Now, you know, we can get materials. Um, you know, I think they're pretty yeah, much on course. You know, right. and available. But uh, just the municipalities in this particular area have have made it difficult to to process your your documents and get your to build in the house, you know, going vertical. So, you know. And uh, makers not want to come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got two in mind right now. I wouldn't go back to them if they begged me. <laughs> I, I noticed this myself just in even rehabbing houses and that and pulling permits and that. It's almost like it's us against them. Oh, yeah, it's a battle. And so, you know, I look at it, and I'm sure you all look at it from the same perspective like you feel like you're doing something good for the city the neighborhood the community and you know we're taking time and energy and in some places blood and sweat and putting it into these houses but we're fighting against the cities in order to get the things that we need done so in part to me it's no wonder why there's a shortage because you know there may be some people who just don't have the resilience like we all do they keep pushing forward, yeah, sure. and I wonder how many people have given up on, you know, their dream of entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's true, too. They might too. not have the resources. They might not be able to go that long stretch with holding on to a, a $300,000 worth of dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, the finance charges yeah. will eat you yeah. up, you know. You know it, I don't know if, you know, if you got, you know, a guy helping you with the money, but if you got a hard, if you got, look, most guys these days are using hard money. So, yeah. you know. That money's expensive. Yeah, exactly. And the clock starts and ticking. The clock the day starts you sign the minute that contract. You ask them to, <laughs> you know, so. And if you don't read the bottom lines of what they're really charging you, I know a lot of guys who've lost their shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, back to what the city's like, it's just very difficult, man. And I mean, I'm gonna call it what it is. I feel like they feel like we're rich. I assume sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they must think that we got yachts. Oh, you guys, you know. Like, look, man, we're not, you know, we, we go out in there. We be in mud sometimes. You know, <laughs> no matter what, though, this. we just really want your help to do your job, you know, just That's to right. help us do, you know, we'll give you whatever you need. Just let's work together. Not like, you know, you just, oh, well, just come back tomorrow, come back next week. Um, don't answer their phone. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to it. And a lot of people would get frustrated after doing this for a few years. They, you know, it, you know, it doesn't, it's not as glamorous, I should say, for me personally, as it used to be. You know, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, those life, were really good years. Yeah. You know, you could get, you know, labor was much cheaper. The, the profit margin was much greater. Mm-hmm. You know, you could sell a house for 200000 You could really do well. You know, you can't. Think about selling a three hundred thousand dollar house and not really look at the numbers. Like I don't know, you know. Yeah. It, it's 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 all it's really tight these days. I, I think that one of the things that um, 
uh, Kareem championed uh, a few years ago was, you know, talking to the talking to the powers that be, right? You know, yeah. we, we can't be afraid to go into their offices and tell them what our concerns are. You know, um, I think that happens far too often where a lot of contractors are afraid to step on toes because they don't want to, you know, get their stuff held up any longer. But I think, um, you know, everybody from the mayor on down needs to hear exactly what's going on on the ground so that we can make changes. We're not we're not just screaming, you know, um, fire, fire, fire for no reason. Like, you know, we we're, we're building houses and we're creating tax revenue in your city. Help us get to that. You know, I mean, it's not. Yeah. Of course, we're we're for profit companies. We want to make money, yes, but at the same time, it's it's good for everybody. You know, the end user gets a beautiful home that they can raise their family in in a safe environment. You know, the city's making tax money on the uh, you know something that was just sitting there dilapidated or an empty piece of land. Now, you know, you got a family in there that's living in in your city that's you know, bringing more revenue, right. whether you know just from shopping in the local grocery store. or Paying their taxes, whatever you know, um, so so you know it's it's all for a reason. You know we're all doing this to help the whole process. You know everybody wins if it's done right. You know, so um, I think that uh, you know we can't be afraid to talk to the powers that be and let them know what's going on to help this process along. You know, yeah. yeah, because the houses end up, you know, we all we make a small or you know maybe a decent one-time payment you know a lump sum if you will but the cities you know if built correctly those houses could be there for a hundred years you know there's some houses right now that you know it 1910 was the year they were built sure, yeah. 100 years old you know they still selling but you know that is a, an asset for the city which is generating them taxes for a hundred years monthly yeah Month after month. And that's what pays to keep the bills going. And so you got to have this constant flow of it. And, you know, I do think that there is some people that need to know at the cities that, hey, like, you know, your zoning department or your planning department is really holding up your ability as a city to mature to its full potential. That's where it gets sticky. Absolutely. (laughs) That's where it gets sticky as a builder. Do you want to? Rub the wrong person. You don't know who you're going to rub the wrong way when you yeah. do stuff like that. So, yeah. we, you know, it's like anything. My, fa- my father told me a long time ago, you got to pick your battles wide. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't just, you know, you can go in there and try and do that, you know, all you want. But end of the day, they're going to get paid every week, week after week after week. And I think the bigger problem is that, is that the people who are actually in these positions, they know most of the time that, you know, some cities know that there's not going to be anybody that can come f- replace them anyway, even if they wanted to, because they're already short-staffed. Mm-hmm. So, and they're probably overworked. You know, they, you know, these people, you know, they live. You know, so they're human beings, right? Their emotions, you know, they have emotions. So they don't. They're not going to always have your best interest because you know they, life is life, right? So you know, sometimes I just think it's more so a lot of people in those positions. I'm not going to say take advantage or want to, you know, but in sometimes it is those moments where, I mean, I hate to see certain people, you know, I really, or just, let me say, my mother said, don't say that. I yeah. strongly dislike. Yeah, you walk in, you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, this person, <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm, I know I got, and there's come nobody else tomorrow. to give my paperwork yeah, to. Yeah, come back it's going to take two months to get my stuff yeah, back yeah. if I hand so, my stuff to that person right there. But, you know, I think the good thing about, like, us in particular, and, you know, guys that have been around for a little while, 
you know, we have relationships, right? We build relationships with these people at the city. We, we see them all the time. Right. They know us by first name. We walk in and, you know, so we're able to, um, to uh, you know, get some things done more so than maybe this guy that's just coming in for the first time, right? You know, they, they don't know him they, as being a builder there. They don't, you know. Right. So uh, we have to use that to our advantage. And then also at the same time, you know, um, not just the not just the people that are at the front desk when we walk in. We need to get to those people that are in the office in the back. You know, that we don't the decision really get to see that you know? often. Yeah, from the mayor on down. You know, we need to uh, talk to those guys and and just let them know. I mean, look, man, we're not here to hurt you. We're not here to you know. We just want to build houses, man. So making yeah. it more and, digital, and, I think, and, would be a great idea. Yeah, like most, automate most the of, process a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the cities like, have caught up with that. I think like. Mm. Well, there's one in particular. Better. Yeah, you said I'm a lot. I'm trying not to say yeah, 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 yeah. I know but, what you're trying not to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's gotten a little better than yeah, I guess it's it has. Better. I take that back. But it's still not where it should be, I would feel like. Yeah, we want to build more houses, man, and, and get this get this housing crisis under control. Man. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, you guys mentioned about it seems like it slowed down. Um do you think that there is an impact from the turnover of the people who are in those positions? Because, you know, I know and I've met a lot of people who they are like on our side. They're like, hey, look, I'm going to help you get this through. Right. You can call them up and they like immediately they go in to look at the maps. And right, yeah, right. you could do one. You could do you know, you can probably get four on this lot right here. For real, you could probably get four. Right. So I think that, but that was a lot of the the older generation, you know, if I'm being frank about it, I, I just don't know that some of the younger generation values or feels a part of the team right. like some of the older guys did. And that's yeah, true. that's true. And I think sometimes they just lack the knowledge. Like some of them are just learning, you know, yeah. just getting into the position they don't really know how to navigate. So they take 18 times, you know, 10 times longer than the, the guy who's been so seasoned that retired yep. or... It's gone or post COVID, mm-hmm. you know, post COVID, you know, a lot of turnover in a lot of cities. It is a lot of and, um, very high turnover. A lot of, you know, fortunately for a few cities that, you know, I was folk primarily building in, I didn't have that to deal with that. But I mean, a lot of different areas that I still do work in, you know, it made it that much harder. And, you know, when you run into a problem, you don't want to run into it again, right? So you might avoid, you know, a couple of us might avoid those certain situations, you know, going back to a city that we know is going to give us, hey, yeah. just call it what it is, a hard time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that's where the problem lies. If we could get it where, I mean, honestly, if we could get purpose pulled faster, we'd build a lot more houses. I think that's across. I don't think that I think that would apply anywhere in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we could pull a permit as fast mm-hmm. as I could pull them back in 2006, seven, and eight. We would build a lot of houses. Yeah, because building the house, the time that the it's time, the same. I mean, we're, we're building. I mean, you know, from from the time I start digging dirt till the time I get a certificate of occupancy is three months, maybe four, maybe you know, depending four. on right. weather and whatever. You right. know, but so it's not the fact that it's taking us too long to build the houses. We can we can get them done quick enough. It's just the process that we have to go through. All It's the pre-construction stuff that we hate. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it takes so long. So if that process could be tailored down some to where we can get through it, you know, uh, a little bit more efficiently and, and quicker, we can get these houses built. And I think a lot of contractors, I mean, well, I know a lot of contractors that we know personally have the same issue, you know. So let me ask you, <clears throat> from the time 
you buy a, a piece of land mm-hmm. to getting the foundation and start, you know, pouring the foundation and mm-hmm. stuff. How long does that take? Generally, average, if I had to say average, three, I'd probably say about three, three months. Three, about three, three months. months. And yeah. then it takes you pretty much no time to start putting up walls and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's easy. That yeah. part is just, yeah. it's average. You know, that's that's normal. Going vertical is the easy part for us. Yeah. So Developing it and getting it to the point where we can start digging, mm-hmm. that's the problem. You know, so. But when you get into doing like multiple, like if you do one here, one here, one here, three, four, three, two to three months is good, you know. But if you got us, uh, got one, and Josh helped me find, you know, not too long, not, it's been a while, <laughs> but um, seven, eights, nines, tens, that process can be a year and a half, two years. Just to develop it, yeah. I got a guy down You're the street. You're talking about building in bulk? Bu- building in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, do a, don't do a you know, small subdivision. Those things take a lot of time, yeah. a lot of energy, a lot of resources. It takes a lot. So, you know, if we wanted to make a lot of affordable homes, It'd be difficult because, first of all, the numbers aren't there, right? You know, let's just call it what it is. You know, I can do seven big houses, seven little houses. Which one are you going to do? You know, if if well, if it's where the, the profit margins are exactly. at. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the profit margins for the bigger houses, you know, the, constru- the, the lumber isn't going to cost you that much more. The labor is not going to cost you that much more where it makes sense to do the affordable house. So if you want to build communities affordable, you have to make some incentive to us to want to 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 make it where we can even make it sure. make it make sense you know we can't make it make sense if it's like gonna cost already a hundred thousand just to get the the sidewalks the curbs the gutters the the you know the drainage mm-hmm. systems you know and then you got this two hundred thousand dollar house you want me to put up and make twenty thousand you know the dumbest it's just not gonna make sense you know it's just yeah i mean for me as an agent that's like one of the worst things when i get that buyer who's like oh i just got pre-approved i want to buy new construction and my pre-approval is for 250 (laughs) and it's like oh we both want this (laughs) it it don't exist it's a unicorn though so you know that kind of leads into my next uh question in terms of affordability how can new construction homes be more accessible to first-time home buyers and those that are in the lower tax uh, or lower income brackets? How can they be more accessible? Yeah, how can we make them and and make them to be accessible to those people who are only qualified at two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, you would think. I, I, what about like a townhouse, like yeah. a bunch of townhouses? Can yeah, well, you guys that's do what that? I was gonna say. Un- unfortunately, they're gonna have to sacrifice square footage, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, because that's what ultimately drives the cost, right? We got to know, I mean, yeah, I could build you a 3,500 square foot house. It's going to cost you 500 grand, or I can build you a a 1,700, 1,800 square foot townhouse and it'd be more affordable in your range, right? And Not ta- for two fifty though. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's the number he was. Saying. Like a little fourteen hundred. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, unless I mean, so- it's in a rough spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that matters too, location, right? That's yeah. that's always a big factor. And that's, location, I mean, we were being location, honest, location. right? You know, Hell yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. We want that's, the we want the honesty, we want the raw stuff. Here. <laughs> yeah. I built some really nice houses in in Norfolk, right? And then you know that same house in Virginia Beach, I can get oh, another yeah. hundred grand yeah. easily. You know, easily. you know, so uh, that. But makes we pay more for the dirt, so you know. Yeah, it, that's it, true. It does, so let me ask you this: It's kind of relative. What if the cities partnered up with the builders and said, "Hey, look, we're going to give you these lots. We're giving you this dirt for free." They should. They should. Would they would that help to offset free. the cost? 
Right. They could and, give it to us at a number that makes sense for both them and us. Right. Okay. They're the tax you, assessment. Because otherwise they're, sitting, they're just sitting on yeah, it. Yeah, most yeah. cities have, you know, I think Portsmouth the other day, what they say, 200 and some th- um, lots. Yeah. Uh, uh, small 25-footers, you know. And when we went a few years ago to try to get them to reduce the, what is called the, the zoning requirements, zoning requirements we asked them to bring it down for us to help us to be able to build on certain lots. You know what they did? They made it bigger. They rezoned it. Yeah. And made it bigger, made though. It bigger. Wow. So you can put it bigger. Now, Almost as if they were trying to tell frontage, us, like, you need 60 you know, foot frontage. Yes. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? It you was, know? It, I mean, so that's the part where we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, when they, if they start listening to what we would need to make it make sense, and we all, like, Let's talk to the builders. Let's put the city officials that are in these positions to help us to get it to where what we're trying to do, the ultimate goal is make a more affordable property for people who need them. It's not like we're trying to do it for people who want. These people need affordable homes, right, that we can't afford to build. You know, right. So. And, and that, that answers, you know, in part your question. You know, one of the things that because we can't, if we're going to build affordable housing, we need to get to a number that makes sense as far as the square footage, the lot size, <laughs> all of that matters, right? Which we could right. with and a we good could conversation with the, with the right people sitting exactly. down and listening to what we would need. Yeah. yeah. See, this is this is like mind-blowing for me because I think like if I was a governor of some state, you know, somewhere, like, you know, when you look across the landscape of America, you got people that are migrating out of California and different other places. Yeah. Like, you New can York. easily, like— become like the top state if you just really got on board with the builders and the people in yeah. those sta- in those areas. If everyone was working on the same page, you could literally drive down the the, uh, the cost of the housing and increase the population, which increases the tax 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 revenue. So like there this is just mind blowing to me that we just don't have that level of cooperation on all those different levels. But I think a yeah. lot of states probably look at it like what is it going to bring to their state? If you have a the, you're the state with the most amount of affordable homes, which would then bring medium to lower income people to your state. You know, so potentially that's not always the case because yeah. you know. But I'm that, saying what yeah. they. I'm not saying what you. I don't believe that. I don't. I believe what you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, because I mean, I, it, 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 de- it depends <laughs> on. Uh, it depends on where they're coming from, right? Right. right. So you know. Let's just say, I'll tell you, I I lived in New York for a period of time. You know, uh, the first house I ever bought was a a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, $78,000 right? in upstate New York. So, you know, a $250,000 house, when I moved back down here, I was like, oh, this is a little (laughs) nerve-wracking, you know. I'm used to 78, you know, 250 is a little bit, you know, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but, you know. Um, so it really depends on where you're coming from because the people that's coming from New York is very expensive up there and they're looking sure, for somewhere to go to where it's more affordable. So, you know, yeah. that's where I would argue against that. And yeah. New York just happens to be one of those states where people are migrating out of. I mean, what we got a leads database of different buyers and, uh, how many how many leads in there? Like twenty two thousand? Twenty three thousand. Twenty three thousand potential buyers and a lot of them are coming from New York. Right. And a lot of them are coming from Cali. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Looking yeah. to migrate out of there. So No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I just yeah, I think, think how the, the the like the powers that be, you know. I see how Portsmouth and a lot of cities in this area are underdeveloped, not because we couldn't, because 
the people who are in control of those not you know municipalities they're trying they're trying they want to get to that point but it's going to I mean for me I think it's going to take a big group effort of like people like us sitting down there bringing to the forefront a lot of things that we see that we know we could help to make better yeah and to yeah. change and and some and some and some of these cities are actually starting to open the door for those ideas, you know, to, to be able to collectively The get people together. like at Portsmouth now. Yeah, yeah, it, like, it, like, yeah. like Portsmouth We're actually doing some one. stuff there right now. Yeah, Portsmouth is open to, you know, uh, these discussions and because they know that they can't do it by themselves, right? They've tried for so long and they're not making any headway, so now they're starting to bring in, you know, guys like us to have these conversations and say, okay, well, look, you know, what do we need to do on our side to help facilitate this, you know? Which is good. So we finally got them talking about it. Now it's just time to, you know, like really put some action behind it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, because we, you know, Portsmouth is uh, one of those cities who's really open to it now. You know, some of the other cities like Norfolk and, you know, they're, they're a little not resistant, but mm. there's so much going on in, in the city of Norfolk right now. It's just, you know, hard to kind of kind of corral everybody and get that, get behind it. But um, Portsmouth is looking pretty good, you know, and I think some of the other smaller cities. I like think a Suffolk, lot of cities Suffolk will come going, around Suffolk's if we good. are able to have a lot more people engage in conversations like this. Yeah, a lot more people, more on a larger scale, not just here in these in this setting right now, but groups of people getting coming together and sitting down and saying, "Hey, how can we make this better?" I mean, you yeah. saw it in Atlanta. You see a lot of you know we we have we know a few city uh, people from the city that are actually traveling to go look at some of the innovative things they're doing other places to bring yeah. that back here. Yeah, and that's what we need a lot more of. Speaking of innovation, that brings up my next question. So, uh, what innovations in construction technology and designs are you both most excited about, and how could it help with the shortage? Wow. Um, I think uh, one of the things is um, for 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 me personally is you know um, trying to modernize some of the houses to get them more energy efficient. Right, that's that's always that's been the goal for the last fifteen years or so. Everybody's trying to move to a more a more efficient home. Right, but the problem with that is, especially in the beginning, is the cost to do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just there you go. You know. Um, you know, we, we wanted to do so many different things to to try to make the houses more energy efficient eco friendly from the water yeah. from the water from the water heater system to you know um, solar panels to you know all these different things but it just costs so much to do it so now you're driving the cost of the construction up to where the builder's not it's not affordable for the builder to do it you know um, otherwise you're gonna have to transfer that increase to the yes but solar panels on homes. Yes. How much do you guys pay for those things? Because they charge some people like fifty grand, sixty grand. Nah, they haven't quite cost me. Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're probably well, consumers getting hit in the shorts on yeah, those things. Yes, yeah. they are. Um, uh, so what we what we've been doing lately is um, uh, subcontracting that out to other companies, right? So what we'll do is we'll prep the house to be able to receive it, putting on all the in, in, interior wiring required for it, and then once the buyer purchases the house. Then they'll talk to the company and they'll come in and work the deal out with them, right? Oh, so it's like um, serious satellite radio for your car. Yeah, gets basically, it ready for you. basically, we're, we're providing the, the right. infrastructure to be able to have it. Have it set if up. you decide you want to do it, it's available. Now you don't have to come running all this stuff after you've purchased your house. All they gotta do is put the panels on the roof, tie it in, and you're done. You know, 
Um, but I mean, it could cost upwards for us. I mean, we're getting deals like twenty five grand, thirty grand, just depending on you know um, the size of the, the house and what they're trying to supply. You know, but yeah, it's 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 not it's it's a really it pays for itself over time. Obviously, right? This is not something you're going to see the benefits from, you know, in the first year or anything like that. But over time, <laughs> I see you guys. <laughs> we already done the research yeah. on that stuff. We, yeah. we've done, it's done a whole research. new topic. Yeah. Right, right. Watch the video. But, but Check it out. We'll take it in the link in, in the description. Yeah, so. sure, sure. Here's my question, though. Are builders eligible to file for the federal tax credit on solar panels? Do you know that answer? I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think that we are, though. I don't do though. solar panels. For yeah, I think the so. tax credit is, is transferred to the to the buyer. We get so a lot of credits for, like, making it more eco-friendly, but it still doesn't pan out. Like, it doesn't. So it's supposed to be, yeah, like, 26% to 30%. I, it doesn't. Yeah. Is e- it? Balance. So they say. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. Even the $25,000 price point that he just pointed out, which is a lot lower than yeah. what your average homeowner is paying for it. Um, the tax credit is literally a band-aid on a mm-hmm. on a gaping wound, yeah, um, you know, for most most homeowners. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, again, just trying to think like, hey, if there was a way for it to make sense for builders to install them, but while they're building homes, which you know probably does make the most amount of sense, vice the government giving you know tax credits to homeowners who may or may not use that money to pay off the panels, which then puts them in financial peril. Mm, Um, It might make more sense to subsidize that cost for the builders, for them to put it on the house. That way, every house that's built in the United States is built energy efficient like with that. solar yeah, panels. It's kind of yeah, like uh, really electric idea, cars. Yeah. 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 Are, you, are you manufacturing them? So yeah. right. It right. makes sense. I mean, you know. Yeah, I thought about giving away cars once upon a time. <laughs> it, it's all about is it going to make sense at the end of the day for <laughs> yes. us? You know, yeah. we can't lose our shirts. I mean, a nice uh, electric vehicle with a house, you know, we could help the economy. We could help the, you know. But you couldn't do that with affordable homes. Nah, you couldn't no. do that with affordable no. homes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. I think we touched on just a little bit, but let's recap on it. Uh, supply chain, right? So during COVID, it was massive setbacks with supply chains. Months and months of waiting. Was two by four. Was ridiculous. What, what is what does the supply chain look like right now for builders? Is it a reason why builders just aren't able to build more houses? I think the supply chain has gotten a lot better. Since, a lot better. I mean, their numbers have come down, but I yeah. think what it did was it made everybody's price go up. Like electricians, my HVAC guy, my plumber, everybody decided they want more money, right? Because they feel like, like anything, you know, what, four or five years ago, I was selling the same house for 270 Now I'm selling it for 350 mm-hmm. I'm selling it for 350 because I want to. I'm selling it for yep. 350 because I have to, yep. to yep. keep up with Julius, who keeps smacking me more every time I turn around <laughs> for, for more money on my HVAC, you know, uh, I had to say it twice yeah, just yeah. to remind him. I, I caught times. that, by the way, guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, our costs have gone up, and then even though they bring the price of lumber gone up down, you know, electrician is not going to be like, oh, let me go down with the price of lumber. You know, yeah. I'm still going to charge you. You know that you know twice as much as I was charging you for that electrical but, work. But, but some of those things, some of some of the, the the materials that they use have gone up. Copper's gone up. Oh yeah, you know yeah. yeah. So, Wires. Yeah. So they, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, is that it's, why HVACs have gone up? Because H- HVAC as well. I mean, I got a text message from my HVAC supplier a few weeks ago, February second. Prices are going up. You know, I mean, it's like I don't, I don't have a choice, so I have to transfer that that you know increase to my customers. You know, and Otherwise, we as builders you know, transfer it to who? 
Yeah, we the buyer. To the, end the buyer. Yeah, the the buyer. Exactly. Buyer. So then, where does the affordable home go? Right along with all the other stuff that has gone up out, you know, it's gone out the window. It's gone, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. right out the window. It's yeah. Nothing we can, and we're not doing it because we want to. I mean, I, I like, I used to love and enjoy building, you know, affordable homes. You know, you see the, you know, the look on people's faces when they get their first new home that they worked hard, yeah, to, yeah, you know, yeah. save yeah, their it's money the most for. Important investment that they'll ever make. Yeah, it's absolutely. You know, and I, you know, so we don't, we don't uh, take that for granted. You know, we, I mean, we. we we value that. I mean, you know, we we purchased our first home at one point, you know, so Absolutely. of course we understand what that, you know, what that position is. But um, as a builder, of course, you know, we're, we're, we're for profit companies. You know, we have we have bills to pay and all that stuff. But um, you know, we we do the best that we can. Unfortunately, in this particular you know space that we're in right now, um, hopefully, you know, we can we can implement some things that'll make it better for them. You right. know? And that's that's what we try to do every day. You know. Like you know, the houses I, I build, you know, and, and Kareem does the same thing. Is you know we give them a lot of as much in these houses as we can. Absolutely. You know, we want to give them nice elevated uh, lighting packages and and you know fixtures and things like that. To you know we want you to feel like the money you're spending is worth it. You know we don't mm-hmm. we don't yeah well, I'm not going to just give you this basic five dollar faucet you know i'm gonna give you a nice mm-hmm. faucet i want to give you you know give you these things that make you feel like you, right. you, you actually what you spent money for is worth it you know but there are those people who need the house that's like a honda accord right you know they want a yeah, house yeah. that's affordable they and can live in they can sure know it's not gonna break down sure but yeah. they're gonna get their bang for their buck because but that's all they can afford Mm-hmm. We can't build those anymore. You know, I could, I felt like back in the days I was a Honda Accord of homes because you know I I started off building houses in Portsmouth. That was my first home, and I'm still you started real estate in Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's where I, I grew up in Portsmouth, 2003. Learning like, you know, these people need houses just like we need houses just like anybody it's else. A, it's an essential element you of know? life, shelter, yeah. and um. Yeah. You know, it was nice to see, like, you know, we could build these houses for them, and it's really difficult now, you know. It's yeah. really hard to build an affordable home. Is this more like an inflationary thing? It's so absolutely an inflationary. So absolutely. Is the more we print money, the value of the dollar goes down even more. So unless wages keep up with the price of inflation, then the, the goalpost of home ownership for a lot of folks is just going to keep going further and further to the yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at one point, you yeah. know, you know, people could afford to live. You know, I'm just, that's what it is. They could afford to live off of, you know, 10 bucks an hour. You know, you know these kids need $18 an hour just to eat, mm-hmm. not, not even have a home, not even to own a home. It, yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. a lot of them that are building houses. They can't afford a house. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it, trans- just, it transfers over so, to, to um, everything, you know, every aspect is, of your life. You know what I'm saying? Inflation is the big, big, big root, I feel like. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's not much, you know, what can they do? You know, we're in debt, you know. Sounds like that's labor and, and uh, you know, one of those barriers we'll talk about. Yeah, later. yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. literally yeah. the next thing on the on the yeah. ticket yeah. is. is right. So what does the labor market look like right now in the construction and the new construction industry? I mean, it, do you have adequate uh, laborers, skilled laborers? Is there a shortage? No. Like, where would you, what, what's the temperature of the labor market? I think, I believe that there's a shortage, you know. I mean, we, we, we're constantly looking for um, people that, uh, that we can depend on to do the job the right way, uh, that are qualified to do it. Um, but for some reason, I don't know. I, I think that because now these the younger generation is moving more towards a technological 
you know, uh, career path as opposed to, you know, before it was, it was, uh, you know, hands-on tradesmen, you know, we plumbers, electricians, heating and AC guys, you know, um, sheet metal guys, and they're, they're still there, but they're not as much as it used to be. Now these guys want to go into coding and they want to go into, you know, they're making money on social media. You mm -hmm. know, they don't have to work with their hands anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They can do all these other things. Right. So it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to find those laborers like that, 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 you know, they may do it for a short period of time just to kind of get over that hump, pay for a couple of bills, you know, but their, their end goal is to get into something less hands-on, you know, the, uh, you know, working smarter, not harder type of thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard to find people that really want to get in and grind and work and, and you know, work with their hands and get so, this. this so in your, in your labor pool, have you noticed that uh, the majority of them are a certain age? Because like, I was just talking to one guy today, the electrician, he's mm -hmm. telling me he's in his fifties. I'm in yeah. my forties. Yeah. Uh, we have another guy. He's in his, what the heck is yeah, he? He's in his fifties. Yeah. He's in his fifties yeah. too. Yeah. Those are the guys. Even our cross space like guys are in his fifties. Exactly. <laughs> you know? These younger guys, man, you tell them to go on a crawl space, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. In the attic, what? I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't going to the crawl space. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, just, I'm just being honest yeah, with yeah, you. Man. I'll, I'll go do there after it's done. I'll go, okay. yeah, it's got to be a new crawl space. Exactly, yeah. I ain't getting in there. The rats is in there. The cats is in there. Where's the light? I got out of going under these houses now, man. I'll peep in there. You know, I kind of like. Yeah, but y'all brand new. Our knees ain't what they used to be, man. We can't get down there. The cross yeah. like that, but we did, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was the guy in the attic hooking up the ductwork and put installing mm -hmm. that heating and AC system. You know, I don't do any more, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, these guys now, um, they figure they, they, they get one good, you know, Instagram video and they're, they're done. You know, they got a, that, you know, 50,000 followers, they're making money or whatever, they don't have to do it. But it's, it's, it's hard to find people that still want to do that type of work. That's why I always refer back to Kareem, man, because I'm so proud of what he's done with his son. Yeah. This kid is hands-on. I mean, he, he he knows how to frame a wall. He knows how to install flooring. And so, you know, it's it's great that his father was able, able to teach him that, you know. Um, but some of these guys, they just, they just in this uh, social media uh, world that we live in now, it's just easier for them to make money by, you know, doing whatever, posting some videos and however they make their money doing that. You know, so, um, and I'm not mad at it. I mean, hey, look, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's the way that we're moving, but um, it, it does make it harder for us, you know, to find those types of guys that want to do this type of work, you know. I mean, this won't solve the immediate problem, but AI is taking over a lot of that coding, all that social media mm -hmm. posts and all that stuff that you sure. can do. And I'll tell you what AI cannot replace is something what Kareem's son is doing. That's right. Is being yeah. hands-on. AI grows arms. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not 100%. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and, and you know, that's that's what we're banking yeah. on. You know that that uh, that we. I mean, even even to build these systems that, um, you know, that are gonna be kind of running the world at some point. You know, you need hands to do it. You know, um, you know these solar panel farms and things like that. You know, things that we need to be you know, teaching these young guys to get out there and do and put your hands on and build these farms, you know, that, that has to be done, right? So, I mean, I think, you know, the, the more that we participate in that and get these guys acclimated to working with their hands, the better off we'll be later on. But it's hard, man. I mean, you know, some of these guys just don't, you know, like I said, they'll do it for a short period of time just to get to whatever that next goal is and then they leave it behind, you know. Uh, fortunately, we still have some of us older guys around that that are able to teach 
you know, these younger guys how to work with their hands, you know, and, and uh, so, I mean, you know, what what can we do, you know, just, just, right. just try to keep pushing that forward. All right, so how do you see the future of new construction uh, homes with the, in, in involving in the next five to ten years? What does that look like? Man. Um, do we see AI <laughs> and robots coming out building like houses? Those Tesla boxes, those spot? Optimus bots. I, I think some of the more efficient ways to build houses, like we were talking about 3D printing and all those different types of uh, new ideas to, to build houses, um, and and you know we got a lot of, we got to look at a lot of different things you know j- just the, the the world is changing right? right I mean just in the way of uh, you know global warming some people don't want to recognize that but it's it's happening mm-hmm. you know I mean like just say for instance uh, up north and we were talking about heating in AC a little while ago up north you know you have to install gas systems they don't heat uh, you know heat pump systems aren't efficient enough. I mean, work. you're from Pennsylvania. They, they did the heating oil up there, right? Yeah, it's all like heating oil, yep. gas mm-hmm. systems. You know, they don't do that down here because the climate is different yeah. for now. Mm-hmm. But as that changes, you know, we're going to have to start adjusting how we install heating and AC systems, right? I mean, just basic things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think altogether we have to eventually start thinking about, you know, long-term effects of how these houses are built and what they and what is going to be required down the line, you know, right? We can't keep thinking about today. You know, we got to think right. about tomorrow. What these houses are going to need to sustain themselves for long periods of times. I want to build houses that some someday somebody's going to say, hey, "Look, this house was built in you know 2024, and it's a hundred years from then." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My house is still standing the test of time. You know, and uh, and that's what we're looking for. So you know, um, you know, we work hard every day to try to accomplish that. But I think you know a lot more. A lot more energy needs to be put into that, you know, uh, how to sustain, uh, build more sustainable houses, um, you know, these 3D printed houses. I mean, I'm not too familiar with that, but I think it is more cost effective. I don't know how how well it stands uh, stands up to. You know. right. I showed you the guys that uh, that Elon Musk house that it's been going on the internet. It's called the Boxable. You saw mm-hmm. how it kind of yeah. folded yeah. out yeah. like yeah. that. Uh-huh. Somehow, cost fifty thousand dollars. Right. How can that be something that we could – would that work here in our area? I don't know if it would work other places. I, I, I don't know. It may because here um, we're we're pretty well situated geographically, right? You know, we don't sustain a lot of, uh, you know, tornadoes and, and uh, you know, flooding and things like that. Fortunately, let me knock on wood, right, because God forbid I don't want that to happen mm-hmm. anytime soon. But um, – but those, a lot of those things are governed by the, the the wind resistance and all these different things that the engineers take into account and how, you know, our houses will sustain those types of things. Um, so um, I think here, you know, based off of what we know right now, they would work. You know, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Now, if we were in down in Florida or somewhere where it's always flooding or, you know, a lot of hurricanes, hurricanes and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Maybe it might be uh, different. I'm not sure, but right. I'm not an engineer. Fortunately, <laughs> for, fortunately, I'm not an engineer. For, I mean, you know, anywhere but, they put trailers at, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, you, you think that you could get away with that, right? Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, I think that we definitely have to look at different options of building houses. You know, these these stick frame houses that we build here, they're fine for us. But um, uh, I, and you know that that goes back to more affordable housing. I right. think that if we could implement some of these different building practices, 
we could get the houses a little bit more affordable. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if we could build a house for $50,000, you know, I mean, of course that right. would transfer to the end user, you know, and we can get people in houses a lot more affordably. So, um, yeah, so we, we have to, we have to be open to those things and welcome them and, and hopefully and not hopefully, but we have to push the municipalities to, you know, really uh, take a hard look at these engineering practices that, that are happening across the country in different areas and bring them here. You know? Because I'll tell you what, if you get some of those, either the 3D printed ones with the concrete mm-hmm. or maybe something mm-hmm. like the boxable one from Elon Musk or something like that, I'll tell you what, as an agent, I can sell the shit out of those things yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I'll do whatever it takes to do a marketing thing. I sure. can get, right. Especially if it's the right price. Exactly. I mean, they yeah. sell that all day like hotcakes. Yeah. 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 So you guys were talking all about the weather and everything. It brought up a question I got for next week's p- podcast. But oh, okay. I want to ask you all as well because we're talking about affordability in that. So, you know, recently I've noticed that the insurance has gone up on, like, my builder's risk policies and mm-hmm. things like that. Are you all seeing the same thing? And, and you know, how does that affect uh, you all as well and your um, pricing on affordability? Well, yeah, I mean, we always going to add the price in anything that increases. And, yeah, we see it on our side as well. It's probably not as big as a factor, but I think with that and all the other increases, you know, those are all taking effect on the overall, you know, overall cost for us, which I guess, like like Julie says, you know, the end user is going to, you know, we have to transfer that, you know, mm-hmm. we can't. You know, we can eat some of it, but you know, it's all, at the end of the day, it goes to the buyers. You know, so yeah, because I mean, like my company that I use, and I actually checked on this <laughs> last one, like with three different companies, I was right. out there shopping around <laughs> like I was a homeowner. But there's a lot of them that are now making the build a risk policy non refundable. You pay oh, for a year of yeah, it up front, and they don't care, you and you don't get none back, of it back yeah. if you use it for one day. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's yeah. done. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just one more cost that's being pushed on to the, the end buyer uh, that's driving up that cost of housing. Right. Yeah. Next question. What role do you believe government and policymakers should play in supporting new home construction as a solution to the housing shortage? Are there any specific policies, incentives uh, that you think would be the most effective in helping you all out? Um, I think a lot of these different municipalities have a lot of land. I mean, they should, I think Julius mentioned, uh, we had conversations prior to about, um, prior to the day about they should give, you know, not necessarily give it, but make it where they work with us as far as making a number that makes sense for them and for us, allow us to build some of these homes on these land that they already have to increase, of course, help the, t- the ultimate goal is for the city to collect taxes, right? So um, if you make it where it makes sense for us, we can make sense of it for, for the for the masses and make a, be, be able to build these affordable homes that are so well, need, so much needed at this point. Yeah, so, you know, it is an election year, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. and everybody who's running, I've yet to hear anybody even speak about the yeah. fact that there's a housing shortage. So All it's right. probably not something that would come, you know, to fruition in the short term. Uh, but here's my last question, and then we're going to wrap it up, go around the table. So statistically speaking, Afri- uh, African Americans make up the smallest demographic of builders. Caucasian and white builders, 61.7%. 
Hispanic and Latinos, 23.1%, and African Americans at 5.6%. What can we do to attract more of the younger generation and African Americans to become uh, builders and, and take on this uh, career field? Well, I think I think one of the things is this, right? Um, you know, allowing us to be a part of this conversation um, in this way, you know, to be able to get our faces out there and let people see that we've that we can do this as well, right? One of the things I set out to do when I started in this whole construction industry was to dispel the rumors that we couldn't do this and we couldn't do it right, you know, and. And that wasn't just from outside of our community. That was inside of our community. You know, I mean, I, I saw way too many times where, you know, uh, somebody down the street wouldn't want to hire an African-American contractor because they didn't think that we would be able to do it or do it right or whatever, right, you know. Right. So I, I said, you know what? No, we're going to we're going to take that out of the equation. Right. Right? We're going to we're going to do it right. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, and, sh- and, and so I think that 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 was one thing. But I think. um you know, uh, education is going to be key. Kareem speaks to this all the time, and, and, and you know, it's just something I've adopted because uh, it's so important that we're able to teach people what we know, right? We've been through all of the pitfalls and potholes of right. becoming Class A general contractors, right? Uh, we've lost money. I've lost a lot of money in this industry when I first started. Um, but along that way, I've learned the do's and don'ts and what to do and what not to do. And so all of these things we can um, we can teach people, right? Um, uh, and again, I go back to Kareem's son because that's so important. What he's taught him, we can duplicate that, right? He's 23 years old. He's flipped seven houses, Probably has more money in his bank account than some older adults that I know, and uh, and I don't say that to brag, but I say that because it's it's successful. It's something that was done, and we can do it again. We can teach other people how to do this, not just in our community, right? I mean, you know, of course, um, we're concerned about that, and we want to make sure that you know us as African Americans, we're 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 teaching um, you know our community how to how to to uh, gain success in this particular industry. But at the same time, it's not exclusive to just us, right? We want to teach everybody how to do this. So, you know, we, you know, um, that's what um, you know. We'll talk about good guys later. But that's what good guys is all about. Right? Right. So, um, you know, um, you know. Unfortunately, you know, we we are the smaller minority of this particular industry. I think um, African American inclusion has been a big part of the conversation when it comes to these larger projects. That's one of the things that we're fighting for right now, right. is that these larger scale projects that the municipalities are are, are introducing to their particular uh, regions or cities, uh, like Norfolk, for instance, with um, them taking down a lot of the housing projects and bringing in these larger scale, um, you know, uh, St. Paul's quandary projects and all these different things. There has to be African American inclusion in them for one because it's in our community, right? You know, it's not it's not just that you know they're they're building all these new uh, this new infrastructure in Norfolk. It's you're actually taking parts of our community and doing it, you know. So we have to be included in that, you know, uh, to a certain degree. And and um, and uh, and so I think that that's a really big conversation that's going on in a lot of commu- in a lot of uh, different cities. 
and we're a part of that, fortunately, you know. Right. Uh, so anyway, I, I, you know, we could, we could, I could talk you to death about that, but I think that it's, it's really, it's really important, and, and we're making some progress in that in that area, you know. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, yeah. final thoughts, uh, Joshua. What do you got? Yeah, I want to know about good guys. Give us yeah, a quick, give us, good give, Kareem. Give us the good, the quick rundown on it. Quick rundown. Good guys is all right. It's, it's started with Julius and myself first mm-hmm. initially, and um, it's literally all about men helping men. You know, typically of color. You know, are we going to exclude anybody? Absolutely. Good guys is good guys. What it means? We are good guys. So we're not just guys who grew up together because we're not, we're band together by code. You know, back in the days when you were young. You would have, you know, okay, you you can't be friends with them because they from the other neighborhood. We mm-hmm. don't hang out with them, you know. All that. This is where we we stop and all that. We're trying to teach men to like, not only care about our family, but care about each other, care about the other. Like you know, these days it's almost hard for another man to say, "Hey, grab another man's son's hand and be like, hey, come here, let me show you know." His, you know, without the dad being like, ho, 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 what you, what you trying to do? You know, what are you trying mm-hmm. to do there, you know? So, you know, we have, Julius and myself, we didn't ever build house. We never built houses together, but we worked together. You know, we helped each other. We pushed each other to, you know, be better. You know, my son, he talks to him all the time about being, you know, how well he's doing, how he encourages my son. Um, we're looking to help each other, not, each, not just as, you know, because we've known each other so long, but we wanted to be shown that we didn't know each other forever, but we can always go out here and help each other to do things on another level and encourage other men to do the same thing in other cities, other states. You know, it doesn't have to be just Virginia, you know. If me, Julius, Gary, Josh, my brother here, I'm sorry, I forgot Rob. you, Rob. Right, I'm sorry, man. Rob. <laughs> if we are able to just have, you know, open dialogues about how we can help each other and not be always looking like, oh, he's got too much, you know, he must be rich, you know. You know, the, you know, back in the days, you know, it's always been that difficult thing for a man to help another man. We've always been, I grew up in a home where it's, don't tell nobody about what you got, keep your mouth shut, you know, you know, be quiet, don't, you know, don't don't be don't be too friendly with everybody because you know so many people out here. Most guys are gonna back, stab you in the back. That's mm-hmm. what I learned as a man. You know, especially black guys. You know, my dad used to tell me, you know, you definitely gotta watch the black guys. They gonna you know, mm-hmm. you know, because is that the crab crabs in the barrel mentality? I think Julius has spoke on. <clears throat> we want to keep that whole motivation, keep that out of our minds. I mean, there's always gonna be bad apples, but you know, it's been centuries of you know. I've watched a couple guys that were part partners. I'm not going to say their names. Didn't seem to like each other, but they figured out how to make a lot of money together. Mm-hmm. You know, we ain't got to be best friends, even though we are. Julius, you know, and a lot of us are. We all good friends. We don't have to be best friends to be able to network and and do help each other do well. Absolutely, you know, and that's what good guys yeah. is all about. Like men helping men. I like it. Nothing even, you know, I like it too. In general, yep. All right. right. That's all you got. got. (laughs) All right, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Leave a like and leave us a comment below. Let us know what you think about this for watching. (laughs) See you soon.